I see you shaking your head. What? Like, I can't even believe someone came up with this. What? <laughs> no, right? Is this you a- know what I'm going to do today? <laughs> I'm going to make bacteria grow plastic on their back, and then I'm going to freeze them and scrape it off. <laughs> what does clean mean? So they're trying to make it sound clean and delicious by basically just saying, oh, we're going to put some cells in a dish and we're going to grow a chunk of meat. (laughs) They should hire you as their spokesperson. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the 3D printed vegan steaks, which everybody's eating these days. It's the the big craze at the high schools I hear. So instead of growing a chunk of meat, they're printing a chunk of meat that's vegan. It's great that we can grow things in labs, but don't forget about soil, the health that comes from that. We can still grow good food. People, we can. Like, we should do that better. We can, we, and we will. Starting right here with 3D printed food. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Edible Economy. I'm Nate. And I'm Kim. And after a week hiatus last week for yes. me, yeah, Kim had, had a, to get you had personal. a special one, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Kim Just didn't want me to be a part of this with you women guys. Women-owned <laughs> businesses. Well, you could have, but you probably would have like yeah. just Been a stared at the wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, as promised a couple of episodes ago, we are shifting a little bit. It's not complete. We're still going to have lots of the same fun stuff, but we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, food in the news, news in the food. Um, we're going to talk about just... Or just there's cool so many, things yeah. going on. There's so many cool things. And like, we are in food. I would say we're in food. And people tell us about cool things all the time that we've never heard of. So just kind of giving everyone brief news about all these amazing things going on sometimes it comes in so fast and so many people are telling us so many things that we're just oh really that's really exciting i wish you could write up a report and tell me all about that and then i can digest a little bit of it because there's (laughs) you know there's there's 83 things going on and all kinds of cool new info coming in too yeah and there's conferences for every single topic Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I'm getting ready to do uh, a panel discussion for the Rocky Mountain Farmers Union's National Convention. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's not going to be tomorrow from right. when this airs, sure. but it's going to be yesterday from when this airs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I did this yesterday, <laughs> even though I haven't done it yet. Um, but that'll be pretty cool. Talking about how, how government interacts with landowners and how there's a, there's a symbiotic relationship that can be created. So that ought to be cool. Uh, I'll report back on that after I do it yesterday. <laughs> so, in this, in this, I, in this transition that we're doing, uh, we've, we've, there's been a lot more, a lot of reading, a lot of diving through articles and just cool stories and just neat things going on in the in the local food world, technologies. So one of the things is I, I come across words that they're not always used every single day, and it started a really cool thing. So I'm just making this suggestion. You can. Take it for what it's worth. 
But uh, actually not even in reading, but I was watching a show and somebody used the word crepuscular and they were lamenting the fact that the word crepuscular <laughs> was not used in language anymore. And so I sat there and I said, well, I don't even know what the hell crepuscular means. So look it up. Well, actually, remember, we didn't look it up. We just uh, my son and Kimberly and I decided to start using the word, just saying it, not knowing what it means. Uh, just saying because yeah, it. it's kind of a gross sounding word. It is like, kind it of a gross seem... sounding word. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's not to be confused with corpuscular, just just for everybody that's out there. Uh, but anyway, crepuscular. Also a gross sounding word. So I looked it up and crepuscular, do you want to give the definition no. there? Okay. No. <laughs> so it's got two definitions, primary definitions. One of them is a zoological terminology or, or term, and it's for animals that are active at twilight. So, you know, what's the word for animals that are active at nighttime? Nocturnal. Right. And did we know the the word for animals that are active during the day? Yeah, nobody remembers or thinks of that, but we're active during the day. But we can tell you cats and bats and, you know, some predators. Owls. Are, owls are active at night and they're nocturnal. And everybody's heard the word nocturnal, but we don't even know the word for that us? describes what humans are. What are we? Diurnal. Diurnal. So we are diurnal. We operate during the day. We're active in the day. And so for other animals that are active at twilight, which by the way. Wait, yeah, we learned something about that too. Twilight, twilight is, happens two, twice a day. Yep. Because it's in between dawn the Dawn or dusk. It's dawn or dusk. So twilight is dawn and dusk. Yes. And so this this started a really fun thing but anyway and then one other one other thing about crepuscular is so we gave the you know the zoological definition right but it can also just be used to describe uh things that happen at that time of day such as you know during the crepuscular light it is really quite striking at the house so anyway there's that (laughs) and then that led us to lots of other words we're on uh avuncular quixotic and enigmatic. Well, you've heard some of them, you know, but so that those are our new words of the week. But so just before this podcast started today, staying <laughs> on the word theme, the magical awesome Kate told me about the word <laughs> plosive. And do you plosive. know what plosive is? It's for words that are p- s- <laughs> and and as I always like to say, it's an adjective and it's denoting a consonant that is you produced by this. stopping the airflow using the lips, teeth, or palate, followed by a sudden release of air. And you know, I think about that now. Anyway, so there was plosive and then there is, how do we say, sibilant. And sibilant is for the S's that sound like Z's, essentially. Hissing. So anyway, there's your words of the day. You didn't think that you were going to turn on Edible Economy and hear that today. But guess what? I didn't either. You did. (laughs) Because I'm on a mission to share this with everyone. So thanks for listening. We've had a great podcast, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) Just joking. All right. All right. Moving on to what we're actually going to be talking about today. Lots of topics. Lots of topics. And so I, I think we just... Dive right in. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure you're ready? Did you want to give a farm recap first or do you want to? Okay. No. <laughs> you want to dive I'm, in? I'm glad that the fall festival is over. Yeah. And now we can maybe not be so busy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, we know you where I feel our like head more is. organized. Mm-hmm. You didn't lose it. But it was good. It was. It was a blast. And I hope you've you listened to the podcast um where we where we were live out at the Farm Fest. That was so much fun. The weatherman. All right, so let's start. <laughs> Clean tech startup programs bacteria to turn waste into bioplastics. So so what does that mean? So this is a pretty cool, pretty cool thing going on. What they're doing. So we have tons and tons, literally, tons. billions of tons of yeah. food waste. Yeah, there's this notion in the world that we can't, we're not going to be able to feed ourselves in so many years, right? Or we can't feed ourselves. Yeah, but we, we actually can't feed can. the world now. Yeah. It's this false notion because we have enough food to feed everyone just with what's wasted. Yeah, and so... If we're not going to feed everybody with what's wasted, instead of making compost, which we don't do, we send it to the dump and it just, you know, your banana peels get mixed in with somebody's old lawn furniture. Right. Not made, it does not for good soil make. No. <laughs> so this clean tech startup, let me see the name of them, uh, Genesis Bio Industries out of Canada. So what they're doing is they're taking the, the bio waste that all of this, all of the the food waste, and they're essentially boiling it down. They grind it up, and it's a process of boiling it down. And all of these bacteria, like the scrap metal yard, but for food. Yeah, and then all these bacteria is kind of mixed together with all of the various food waste. And there's a certain one of the bacteria. It's not. It's it's probably the most prevalent. But what it does is inside of it, it produces a little bead, a tiny, tiny little bead that can be used as plastic, okay? And so they take this, they take all of these bacteria, and once they're, you know, think of a mosquito, once they're as full of the plastic as they can, because their bodies- Of the, the bac- food or the plastic? Of plastic. Okay. Well, it's, it's air quote plastic. Oh, okay. It, it, it becomes plastic. So- Picture like a mosquito that fills its body with blood, you know, and then it flies away. Uh Right when this this bacteria fills itself with the chemical that is going to be this plastic or or actually Mm -hmm. the plastic little, I don't even, bead, I think is what they call it. Then they flash freeze them, flash Uh freeze all the bacteria, and then they scrape all of those plastics out. And then that... It can then be used to make plastics, make, and it's even more biodegradable. So you know about the huge plastic problem that way. I see you shaking your head. What? Like I can't even believe someone came up with this. What? I know, right? <laughs> Is this? You a- know what I'm going to do today? <laughs> I'm going to make bacteria grow plastic on their back, and then I'm going to freeze them and scrape it off. <laughs> yes, only in Canada. It should be everywhere. It should yeah. be everywhere, but. Is this bacteria, do they have to, like, present this bacteria? Or is this bacteria just kind of formed from this pile of food compost? I think it's formed. Okay. You know, it, it, uh, we'll, we'll post the article in the show notes. But okay. It seems like the food waste itself... Creates this Creates this bacteria okay. that then Turns grows itself. plastic on its back. And then it gets flash frozen and they scrape. And that is a very, very... Very much a simplification of the process. Right. You know. 
That's cool. So then... The bacteria is generally a crepuscular bacteria. <laughs> gross. <laughs> it's not gross. It all it's sounds gross. It's one of the most beautiful times of the day. <laughs> the magic hour. <laughs> that's a better term. So what are they making with this plastic? That's also biodegradable. Well, so I know Hopefully that- like plates. So we can then eat <laughs> this. I can just picture it's like a... Sp- mama spider with like the baby spiders on her back and that's like what this bacteria is well so this actually says uh plastic bottles okay so even though they're a massive problem and they're littering the oceans what's amazing about this is it biodegrades in the oceans okay and it actually biodegrades in landfills uh medical equipment which sounds kind of bizarre, you know, because medical equipment is supposed to be so absolutely sterile. But obviously, if they're flash freezing this, they're making a yeah, sterile environment. Yeah, of course, sterile. Yeah. And then uh, 3D printing filament, which okay. is kind of cool. I've never used a 3D printer. Um, don't really know the, pri- uh, the, the process. So it's great that it's biodegradable. What are the energy costs that go into making it more than just making plastic or is it? So essentially they are getting down right now to around, um, it it was definitely mentioned in here, but it's essentially uh, like 10 times more expensive than regular plastic. But at the outset, it was thirty thousand times more expensive. Yeah, so, so it's it's getting down, and I don't process. think this company's that old. I think they're only a couple of years old. It's it's kind of neat. They they're talking about the article also discusses the the funding that they're they're getting. So for some funding minded folks out there, uh, you know, maybe you want to invest in bioplastics, which is cool. That means we we not only are not just growing this. It's already grown and it was going to be garbage. And now we can use plastic. And it's a lot more environmentally friendly than using uh, petroleum-based plastics. So how are they getting, like, initially for testing, how are they getting this food to biodegrade or compost? Um, are they getting it from restaurants or...? It, you know, it didn't say that. That would be not interesting a whole to lot. know. It's... Um, it's they they think uh, by December that they're going to be able to do 300 kilograms a week up from 80. So, I mean, with that, that's 660 pounds about. Okay. So I had to look up the <laughs> translation of kilograms <laughs> to pounds um, up from 80 uh, a week. So, I mean, you know, you think 80 a week, they probably are just talking with some some, some restaurants in the and... area. They they are working with, I believe, the University of Toronto. So they have uh, they have some oh, food the, services. Yeah, yeah, right. They have food services there. So, clean cool. tech startup Genesis Bio Industries. It, it actually sounds really neat. Yeah. So uh, yeah, check those guys out. And again, those will be in the show notes. All right. Again, this is a new format for us. So let us know what you think. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, Next article. This is kind of neat, too. Uh, Breakthrough as Nuritis reveals bioactive ingredient delivered through AI. So we're not going to talk much about this one. What's that mean? (laughs) What is what you just said mean? Well, uh, some of those were names. Nuritas... 
Neritus. Neritus. Reveals bioactive ingredient delivered through AI. Yeah. So essentially, do you know what AI is? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Alabama, Illinois. So yeah. <laughs> artificial intelligence. <laughs> what they're doing, it's almost like you remember when the whole human genome was mapped? Sure. Yeah, okay. I do. Okay. I mean, I can't tell you the year. The, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. right. But you remember, it was big stuff. Yeah. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mapping of the genome. So we could then discover different predilections to disease that you may have. You know, your eyes are going to go bad when you're 48 years old. Right. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it looks like this company... And they're out of Dublin, so it seems like any company out of Dublin has Bono uh, giving them money, and they do. Okay. Uh, so that's good. God bless Bono. That's you know he can afford that when he's selling an eighty dollar t shirt that costs three dollars to produce <laughs> uh, and and manufacture and even deliver. But they're so seventy seven extra. They're oh, so soft. They're so soft. They're probably not eighty dollars anymore. They're probably like a hundred and twenty. So, um, but anyway, so they are. Using artificial intelligence to essentially map different ingredients and and substances within food to then pull these different ingredients out and then inject those into sports drinks or recreate those. And it's maybe they just this article just wanted to talk about AI. Um, but it, it sounds pretty cool. One of the neatest thing that I read about in this article was there's certain there's certain uh, anti-inflammatories and and things that plants have possessed for for years that we've we've had a hard time accessing. But they talk about this one chemical that grows in the stomach of a sperm whale that is really helpful to us. So that's probably the most interesting thing hmm. here. Um, how is it helpful to us? I, like just know, our health? Well, yeah. I mean, that, that wasn't the point. They're putting it in Gatorade. That, that wasn't the point. <laughs> no. Sperm aid Gatorade. <laughs> sounds disgusting. That sounds worse than crepuscular. Yeah. Sperm aid. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Moving on to a more fun topic. One that I hope you'll contribute a little bit more to the conversation. <laughs> oh, why? We love hearing you talk. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> So this is, uh, this is, actually, we're going to do these in reverse order. Have you heard of clean meat? So I hadn't, (laughs) but I have recently. Yeah. Um, What is clean meat? So it's meat grown in labs. Yeah. So they're trying to make it sound clean and delicious. By basically just saying, oh, we're going to, you know, put some cells in a dish and we're going to grow a chunk of meat. (laughs) And then we're going to... They should hire you as their spokesperson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The marketing to make this go off... Buy this chunk or that dollop. (laughs) (laughs) The marketing to make this actually, like, become... Like something that people eats is going to be, um, has to be amazing. I mean, yeah. the marketing budget for that has to be so high because we could barely get people to 
like order their food from a grocery store online or like and now they're and people don't want to eat genetically modified stuff and now we're going to talk about gmos i know i know yeah but starting cells that grow into a chunk of meat is called clean meat yeah it's uh so i i have the question is it is it going to be uh, vegan at that point? Or is it not vegan because even though it didn't come from an animal, because it's it resembles what it, you know, it, it's identical so to So it's an not vegan because it starts from cells from the blood of a cow. Yeah, of a fetus of, yes. a, of a cow. Yes. An in vitro so, cow. So the reason, but then they're going to replicate those, <laughs> and then more modifications. Well, no, but once they replicate those and they make this clean meat, does it then become vegan? I can't, no, no. I mean, I don't know. But the reason that they're doing this. Well, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna push <laughs> this line of thinking out a little bit, because if you're saying no, because at one point it was part of the animal, right? Right. What about? when you use uh, cow manure to fertilize your plants at one part, at one time, that cow manure was part of that cow. And so then... Sure, it helps something grow. Uh -huh. like well, it became part of it. It's absorbed true, into it's the plant through bioaccumulation. Right. Yep. Okay, I get it. I yeah. like it. But... I just, you know, the one thing I wish vegans had a chance to taste was bacon. If they could just try bacon now and then, and maybe there's a way, maybe there's a loophole in the... I mean, they, they already make fake bacon. Faking? Yeah. Bacon bits? Bako bits? No, just like soy companies. Make. Is it any good? I don't know. I've never had it. Okay. But a big reason people are vegan is because of animal cruelty or just eating another living mammal. Right. So they're doing it also with fish. Chicken. Right. So, I mean, I don't think it'll be vegan because vegans will still think, will still feel like it's it's part of, it's yeah. animal cruelty. Well, at the end of the day, wait, how is it animal cruelty? Because a cow was stuck with a needle to get blood. I don't know. What if I'm they just fly saying. that cow after they stick it? What if they fly that cow to India where it's worshipped. <laughs> then it wouldn't. Maybe it still would be cruel. Would it have to fly first class, though, <laughs> to, to pass this test? Or, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe they don't want to live in India. <laughs> with... That's a topic for another day. <laughs> like, just roaming along. I'm hungry! Roaming along the Ganges, you know, with things floating through the river next to them like maybe that's not amazing i don't know but maybe it is maybe it's awesome <laughs> so anyways sister still, if you're listening to this we love you and we hope all is well in india <laughs> um so no it's not gonna be vegan but anyways so the reason though that people are doing this is for the environmental impact right the reason it's called clean meat right it's yeah, called clean not meat right because it reduces greenhouse gas emissions uh, by a ratio of 25 to 1, I think. Yes. And 
right now the beef industry is responsible for more greenhouse gas gas emissions than all transportation in the entire world combined. Right. So, oh, so basically, India should sue the rest of the world because they clean don't. Meat. Yeah, they should be the ones leading <laughs> because the we're way on ruining this, right? the atmosphere <laughs> and they're not even eating meat. Well, um, I think I think there's a lot of Asian countries that are contributing to the. Uh, I said the rest of the world, not the United States. No, 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 no. Are contributing to the to the greenhouse gas emission. Yeah. I think China's got a little problem over there. <laughs> Thanks to people wear some masks now and then. <laughs> so they can walking breathe. down the street. Right. That might have been for bird flu though. But anyway, I think it's for both. So and also the use of energy in manufacturing is the same. Yeah, well and it also takes up a lot less land. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't have that. And then you don't have 90% the trans- less land. And then you don't have the transportation of, of the beef. Um, so there's some really cool companies that are doing this. There's Memphis Meats, Musa Meats, Super Meat, Meat the Future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all getting millions of dollars in funding. So it's definitely going to happen. They expect it to be in grocery stores in 2020. These. So this is pretty cool. The very first one that was ever made. Yes. It cost three hundred and thirty thousand dollars to produce the first one of what? Just a chunk of meat, right? The first burger. Okay. The first from Masa Meat cost three hundred and thirty thousand dollars to produce. Today it's eleven dollars per burger. Which is still expensive. Yeah. You know, I talk about this chunk of meat, but that's because um, they're trying to actually make like a steak. So people can replicate ground beef easier um, with vegan products and things like that. But no one has replicated like a steak with the texture and what it's, you know, what the texture and how, you know, you it's in your mouth. Right. And that's especially true with the plant-based ones right. that we're going to talk about in a minute. So e- Even using some bacteria to make it like the blood is pouring out when you bite into it, of the plant-based ones, which is... It's a protein that they use. Oh, okay. A protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that crazy? One of the things that I read about in the articles um, is that... So they make this meat. And so that's clean, you know, it's produced in a lab. And so then they just make this jump and say, and then it's mixed with fat. Like, wait, 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 where, where'd that fat come from? Did it, was it also grown in the lab or did you just have some sitting on the back shelf? <laughs> Is it animal fat? But one of the, one of the things with cleanliness. Maybe it's vegetable fat. Maybe. I bet it's clean. But one of the things, um, wait, where was I going? Oh, so, you know, all of the food, foodborne illnesses that you hear about with beef and, you Pork know, and all, every, really chicken. every food yeah. mm-hmm. um, are virtually eliminated. Right. Yeah. So they say. I was just annoyed with myself for using the term virtually. That's yeah. like when people say, it's a fraction of the cost. We had this discussion the other day. <laughs> Every single thing in relation to another thing is a fraction of that. It can even be the identical things, and it's still a fraction. It's one over one. 
Right. Yeah. So I disagree with Nate on this. I mean, I, I get what he's saying, but I think it's silly to care about it or think about it <laughs> um, because you can go a hole and then down um, and be a fraction of something, you know? Yeah. And, and so could... that is, that's what people think, you know, yeah. it's not, they're not thinking, oh, it's one and a quarter, you know. But I could give you a dollar's worth of pennies and then take one away and be like, and you could say, you only gave me a fraction of what I should have. I'm supposed to have a full dollar. Right. And I only have 99% of a dollar. Yep. That fraction is unacceptable to me. Right. Yeah. Do you remember what the alternative is? When Uh, they, to be more accurate... What what do you want them to say? You want people to say... Small portion? No, no, you had a better term. Well, anything that connotes small portion, right? (laughs) Instead of saying a fraction. A fraction. That's a silly pet peeve. Wait, wait, wait. One more. Um, One more. You could, we could... (laughs) Considerably less. That's what you wanted people to say. Considerably less, yeah. We could have three of an item... I could take two of them and you could take one and I could say, I only have a fraction of what you have, Kim. Yes, I do. I have two over one. Yeah, but that the term is never used that way. <laughs> Everyone knows better. Be more constructive with your feedback. All right. You need considerably less concern about that. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. So we're going to have some clean meat soon. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds dirty. Yeah. So this is a, that's a pretty cool one. So which leads us to a, a, another topic, which is the, you know, the three D vegan, the three D printed vegan steaks, which everybody's eating these days. It's, it's <laughs> the big craze at the high schools. I hear three D printers, and they're like, hey, you know, I I want uh, a fillet, a three D fillet. Sounds delicious. Kate, do you want one? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's where they're like. Really trying to like 3D print this into a steak and not just ground beef. Well, but this is different than clean meat. Right, right. So right. instead of growing a chunk, a chunk of meat, they're printing a chunk of meat that's vegan. Right. And, and I got to tell you, even after reading some stuff about 3D printing food, I, I just... I don't get it. I, you know, I only have a fraction of the knowledge that I need to, uh, to really get this. It's true. (laughs) Um, and that's where we get back to like, you know, people are trying to print food vegan or, or not vegan to solve this, this problem, this invented problem that we can't feed everyone, but it is an invented problem. And what, that we, we can't just, feed everyone? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, lots of people grow corn. So if we just used our our fields and grew food, we would be able to feed everyone. Or if we didn't waste so much, we would be able to feed everyone. Right, but I think you should stick with that first one. It's, it's we need to grow food. We need to quit growing corn. Right. You know. Like, we, we talked about this when we or talked soy. about the farm bill. Like. Yeah. Yeah, grow food, know. not Food is not this tiny little, like forgotten section of the farm bill yeah right it's a <laughs> tiny portion. it's all about all this other stuff commodities and not commodities and school lunches and pork bellies really pork bellies <laughs> just um right so so these are all great ideas but let's not forget that 
we have enough land to grow enough food. We shouldn't be as wasteful. And it's great that we can grow things in labs. But like, don't forget about soil, the health that comes from that, the natural resilience of the environment. Yeah. Yeah. I still think it's interesting. I still want to see this take place. I still yeah. want to see. I, I mean, I, I don't care if they just have the technology up for three days and I just get to watch a steak be made out of nothing. No, it's so cool. I'm still fascinated by wireless internet, you know, wireless everything. <laughs> I mean, I just, I still think it's amazing that right. I can get a movie on my phone with no cords connected, not sliding a disc into my phone. Or I mean, it's just, it's fascinating. Right, technology is amazing, Package for sure. of information being sent through the air. blowing yeah. I don't even know how to wrap my head around that. But we can still grow good food. People, we can. Like, we should do that better. We can. We And we will. Starting right here with 3D printed food. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the other thing is, is that while I want it to happen right now, just because I want to see it tomorrow, it does say that it, it won't come out until uh, about 2020, which probably means 2025 or next month. You know, I mean, <laughs> there's some technology company working elsewhere, replicating exactly what these guys are doing, working under the radar, saying, ooh, I read that article. Thanks for the missing piece. We launch next month. We're going to launch underfunded without marketing budget and we're going to fail and then you can take over our technology and then you'll be able to come out six months earlier than you thought you were going to. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens, does it? No. All right. So our final article of the day that we're going to, our final story that we're going to discuss on this topic is, uh, so super controversial is GMO, right? Yes. Did you hear me use that, um, hold on, that, that plosive just now, by the way? Super. Super. Well, that's a, oh no, that is a plosive, I think. Anyway, it's one of the two. Nope, it wasn't. It's, it's the a, other uh, one. It's the S one. Sibilant. Sibilant. Sibilance. So he is sibilant. So anyway, back to the, the GMO question. So Obviously, we could talk about GMOs and and everything uh, that surrounds those. Genetically modified. We could have a podcast, not one show, but a podcast that's dedicated to GMOs. But side rant. Yeah. Um, you've got one because I've got one. Yeah, I have one. Okay, you well, do. Well, I was just going to Were you going to dive in... into the article? No, I was going to go into what GMOs are. Oh, okay. Do it. GMOs are genetically modified organisms, but they're modified like, let's say, um, a carrot is modified. It, it's modified with some other organism, organism's um, genetics. Okay? Right. So that's what GMO is. Yeah. So in the article, it says the definition of GMO in crops uh, in the U.S. is based on foreign DNA from another species entering a plant's genome while gene editing is the manipulation of genetic material that already resides in the plant. Yeah, so that was going to be my next thing. Oh, okay. GMO is different thunder from thief. gene... Totally, you're always a thunder thief. Gene yes. editing is different than GMO. So that's just like 
manipulating genes of a carrot with the genes that are already in the carrot. So before we get into this, I this is I gotta get on my side rant. Okay. So did the GMO battle end? It I, just do you ever hear about it anymore? I guess I don't hear about it so yeah. much, but you know, it's so it's you see the GMO project on all like the products in the grocery store. Right, and it's which like is really so cool, right? Much more known. Yeah. But the marketing behind it, it like hasn't been as big as it used to be i don't think yeah it's it's almost like uh, um what's the what's the other one if you have celiacs you can't have uh wheat, wheat. gluten mm-hmm. so you see that that seems to even though they're completely separate that seems to be where the focus has gone it, it seems like it went away from gmos onto gluten-free which is just crazy because they're totally different things. And when I see packages of strawberries that say gluten-free on them, I get so annoyed. <laughs> oh my God, honey, this one must be healthy. These strawberries are gluten-free. Those organic ones right there must be loaded with gluten. Well, maybe they've been gen- genetically modified with something from the wheat plant to make <laughs> them, um, you know, more resilient to pests. Yeah, there is there are some strawberries, by the way, that have been genetically modified with some gene of a, of a, of a butterfly to makes it to make it where they I think this is right. You know, don't quote me. Just listen for entertainment factor right now. So they freeze. It, it takes lower temperatures for them to freeze. So maybe instead of freezing at 31, they don't freeze until 25 degrees because they've got some butterfly gene in them. It's something <laughs> like that. I remember, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we had a, a pretty deep conversation about this years ago, and I, I was just blown away by that. But anyway, so my other, the other part of my rant is, so we don't, we don't hear a whole lot about GMO right now, right? No. We don't hear a whole lot about any topics there's one overriding topic in the united states and we're not going to talk about it here we're going to let you be free from that um but i wonder if that has sucked out so much oxygen that you don't hear about these smaller things like you know gmos are bad and anyway so do you do you think that gene editing is just as bad as gmos you know, I don't know much about it. And this this article really, you know, it gets into it. But I, I think there's so much more research that needs to be done. Because, you know, you look at, at any item, anything, you know, any item, uh, no matter what its molecular makeup is, is made of all kinds of chemicals. And if you alter chemicals in anything, that means that, that means that there is just a fraction of that chemical (laughs) (laughs) in left in the plant and then other fractions of the chemicals in those plants then increase you know yeah so um you know what are you left with you know i'm not i'm so yeah i'm not a chemist but i do remember that if you've got a bowl of some chemical cocktail and you take out one 
one of the chemicals in there, then it can become unstable and blow up. So obviously, I don't think, you know, your 3D printed beet steak is going to blow up if we take out some of the stuff. But nonetheless... Well, I asked because gene editing is not monitored by the FDA. Right, which is creepy. And I, to me, it's a GMO. Yeah. So, and then there's a whole thing about, well, is, you know, does the FDA monitor stuff correctly anyways? I mean, yeah, you know, they make it impossible, almost impossible to be an organic farmer. Yeah. Do you know what the FDA, they really do. Do you know that if you are not, if, if a chemical or whatever is not intended to be ingested into your body, the FDA can't and doesn't regulate it. So do you remember why, why this was important recently? No. So all of your household chemicals that you use, oh, they have some super toxic stuff in them. You know, your right. lemon pledge. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Windex and all of that stuff. And so it's none of that is monitored or regulated by the FDA. And so there's some studies out there that show that people that habitually use them, like people that are in-house cleaning, live 20 to 30% less. Now, that could be because of their lifestyle and other choices that they're making, but there is at least some kind of correlation. It's pretty interesting stuff. So the FDA looked at one portion of this gene editing and said, oh, that's good. And from that, all of these companies are then using that one okay for one chemical or one gene edit and then shifting that down to they can do it for everything. And so it's there is little if, if no oversight, or at least that's what it seems like right now. So... It'll be interesting. I think I think it could be our next uh, our, our next GMO round. But I think one of the things that you're going to find that's different in this is you're going to find some of the the cooler, hipper, more left leaning companies are going to be working under uh, you know when, as they start. That's that's going to be their 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 characteristics that are going to be getting into gene editing. And so for years, they'll fly under the radar. And then there's going to be something that happens where they, where everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe we've done this. And so, you know, some of those cooler, hipper or seemingly uh, organizations will become the Monsanto 10 years from now. And then they'll be, you know, they'll right. be completely demonized for what they do. And I'm not saying Monsanto does not justly deserve to be demonized <laughs> for what they do. Yes, um, they do. Yeah. Well, maybe the GMO project will start a new campaign that's... Just be the GE project? (laughs) (laughs) No, that just educates people that gene editing is basically GMO. Yeah. (laughs) So while we were talking, it makes me think of all these topics that I want to talk about, like all these shows. Like, I want to do a show just about seeds. Yeah. And... And even a show about, you know, the butterfly that glows at night around strawberries and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that too. Yeah. But, but so, and listeners, let us know, what do you think? Is this, um, is this, do you like this format? And know that we're not abandoning the, uh, the older format. We just, there's so much that we want to talk to about and tell you guys about and just some really neat stuff out there that, I mean, this 
you can do Google searches all day long, but it is not the easiest information to find. Well, and especially because it's buried under all of you know the overriding news hog right now. Yeah, and who has time to go into a black hole on the internet? Right. No one. But everybody does it. Everybody does it, but you know they're searching out flip flops, and then all of a sudden they're understanding why sand is a certain color in Tahiti. You know. <laughs> That's the black hole of the internet. The black hole. So let us know what you guys think. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing this one. I, I think it's. Uh, I think you're going to hear a lot more of this, and we're definitely we have some really cool guests lined up. Uh, there's, there's, yeah, I'm really excited about some of the guests that we have coming. We have some guests coming from just different places throughout the United States. It's just going to be, uh, it's going to be a neat run, but. We want to update you. We want to get you more informed. Let us know. So go to edibleeconomy.com. You can see the show notes. You can get links to all these articles that we were referring to um, and listen to the podcast or listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts, wherever, however. And thank you, Kate and Morrow Media Productions and Truth and Legend Productions. All right. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to talking to you again soon.